Exodus chapter 20, and uh, we'll begin reading verse number 12. We'll read verse 12 and have prayer, then you can be seated. Exodus 20 and verse number 12. The Bible said, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Father, I pray now that you'll take the word of God, speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray that you'll help us this morning, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want you to notice this morning that God gave the first four commandments to the nation of Israel uh, concerning their relationship with Him. And you know that God said that uh, you should have no other gods before me. You should not make any graven images and that you should not take the Lord's name in vain and that you should remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. And all of those uh, are in their uh, have to do with their relationship according uh, to their God, that they are to be committed to Him, to His name, to His day, that, uh, that He is to be the only God that is in their life. When you come to verse number 12, this fifth commandment that God gives here, uh, we know that this is the first commandment with promise, but this is not the first commandment. This is the fifth commandment, and it's in relation to uh, our father and our mother uh, concerning the home. And then those last commandments are in relation to man, uh, to individuals, uh, uh, those in society. And you know, if you think about these commandments, the order that God gave them in is so important, because if we have a right relationship with God, then we'll have a right relationship with our parents and with those that are in the home uh, and that will end uh, or result in a right relationship in society. Amen? And so God deals with that and He lays that out uh, in these ten commandments that are given here. But when you think about this fifth commandment, uh, God is dealing with the relationship uh, concerning the home. And I want to preach on the subject this morning on God's honor system for the home. God's honor system for the home. I really believe this morning that uh, the, both the problem and the solution in America in this hour with society lies within the walls of the home. Amen? I'm telling you, if we could ever get our homes in America right, we could have revival, the church could see better days, uh, and the nation could be back on the right track once again. But the answer uh, was is within our home. I think this is proven statistically. I was reading something this past week that a survey that uh, that said that in the average evangelical uh, church uh, uh, concerning the total role in the average evan- evangelical church, that's talking about every name uh, that is on that church role, it said that 5% of those names don't exist. 10% cannot be found. 25% do not attend church regular. 50% have no missionary interest at all. 75% never attend a prayer meeting on Wednesday night and 90% have no united family worship, meaning that 90% of them do not come as an entire family unit. You say, well, Brother Gravely, that's not true. Necessarily everything about this church, and I'll say it's not, but we ought to thank God for it. Amen? Because, friend, what is happening around us and what is happening across this land would be shocking if you could leave this church and start visiting other churches. Amen? We're not a perfect church, but God's been good to us. And statistically, we've been blessed at Bible Baptist, but the problem is definitely 
in the home. Amen. And I would say not only is that proven statistically, but it's proven socially. When you think about the lack of respect uh, toward law enforcement, the lack of respect toward, uh, uh, listen, uh, government and civil officials, and even the lack of respect in the public schools uh, among principals and teachers, how that young people teach, uh, teach, uh, treat those uh, uh, that are in authority in their life, uh, and even the lack of respect that has crept in the house of God amongst the pastor, the preacher, and the deacons and the Sunday school teachers. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, it has uh, caused a, a rippling effect in this nation. And all of that is a result of the home. Amen. You know the reason they're marching and riding in the streets uh, and the reason they don't have respect for authority is because there was a lack of it taught when they were growing up, uh, when they were three and four and five and six years old. Uh, hey, you know I'm preaching on things now as a pastor that for 18 years I never had to preach on. You never heard me have to preach for, for 18 years. I never had to stand in this pulpit and say, respect the man of God. I never had to say that. I never had to preach, respect the pastor's wife and his family. Now you say that nowadays and, and, and a crowd that doesn't want to do that. I don't think there's a crowd uh, here like that right now, but there has been. They'll say, well, he's just trying to, he's just trying to uh, get people to worship him or get people. No, I'll tell you the reason you hear me preach that is because I see it week in and week out. The heartache and the heartbreak and the trouble that goes on and the lack of respect and how people treat the men of God. I, I tell you, listen, I'm nothing and I know that this morning. I, and if I get out of bounds of the scripture and out of bounds, uh, uh, listen, immorally, uh, uh, listen, if I was to mess up, uh, uh, morally speaking today, uh, this church has got an obligation. They have a right. If I was to change doctrine, uh, this church has got an obligation and a right that they need to take a stand. Uh, but outside those things uh, uh, concerning the Scripture, I'm telling you, when you go against a man of God, when you go against his family, you're going to get in real trouble. Somebody say amen. You say, Brother Gravely, do you think you're anything? No, I know I'm nothing. But it's that office. It's that office, and so it is within the home. My friend, not only socially is this proven, not only statistically, but scripturally it's proven. When there's no honor in the home, the home falls apart. We don't have time to go through all the uh, the examples in the Word of God, but you can look at Lot because Lot failed to be the leader, the father. Uh, he wasn't the spiritual leader that I'm sure he provided for his family well. He sat on the council seat there in Sodom, so he obviously had a good job, and no doubt they had good money, and he had a good uh, he had a good standing in that wicked society. He had climbed the corporate ladder of success, so to speak, but he had failed to be the spiritual leader in his home uh, and his family fell apart as a result of that. We can think about Achan who took that wedge of gold and silver and that Babylonian garment and he hid it in the walls of his tent, his home. He buried it inside and at night he would bring it out. Joshua, the man of God, didn't know about that. All of Israel didn't know about it, but God knows, knew what was going on in the walls of his home. Proven Proverbs 15 and verse number 3 is a reality that the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. And God saw what Joshua could not see. And God saw what all of Israel could not see. And the end result is, uh, is that Achan lost his entire family and his own life as a result of what he had hid in the walls of his home. Over and over we could think about that. I think about Ananias and Sapphira. They connived and lied to the Holy Ghost together. No children it talks about. 
I don't know if they had children or not, but I know that in their home they conspired. They were charitable people. They gave, but they lied about what they gave, and the consequences was great. When you think about it this morning, our homes need more help now than they ever have. There's no pastor, no preacher on God's green earth can fix a home. It's the responsibility of mom and dad. Husband and wife. You say, I don't have children. This message, verse 12, must not be for me. But I want to tell you this morning, this verse is for every one of us. Uh, some never marry. Uh, some marry and never have children. But I want to tell you, every one of us, regardless of who we are or how young or how old we are, every one of us is either a son or we're a daughter. Amen? And listen, this verse of Scripture lays out a precept here and a principle that is life-changing for every one of us uh, if we'll live by it. And I want to say this morning, God has an honor system in the home. And whether your parents are alive or dead this morning, uh, we've been called upon every one of us uh, uh, to honor them, not all the days of their life, uh, but all the days of our life. You say, my mom and dad's gone. Doesn't matter. We're given this command this morning. And this is a command that is coupled with a promise. If we'll live by it. And we'll obey it. The, I believe the fundamental breakdown in the home, this, er, in the country this morning, in the church, is first found in the home. I want you to notice three things this morning in this verse, and we'll be done. First of all, I want you to see the people that's in, the t- in this text here. There's four individuals in this text. There's the Father. There's the Mother. There's the Lord thy God. And there's me and you. The Bible said here, honor thy father, thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Well, when you think about all of those, uh, uh, listen, pronouns this morning, uh, all of them in the, give clear indication that there's more than just a mom and a dad. There's more than just God in this verse. But you and I are woven all throughout that verse. Uh, and the responsibility is a place upon every one of our shoulders this morning. When you think about the people in verse number 12 that is surrounding us, think about your father. Think about your mother. Think about the Lord thy God. Think about the people in verse 12 that surrounds us in this verse. Now, these people, I'm not putting mom and dad on the same level that I would put God. But the one thing that all three of them have in, in common is that they all played a very vital role into bringing us into this world and they all played a vital role in keeping us safe and providing for us in this world. I want to tell you, when you think about your father and you think about your mother and most of all, you think about the Lord thy God. Didn't they? But listen, all of them help bring us in this world. You couldn't be born without a mother and a father. You couldn't be, you couldn't have survived without your mom and your dad as an infant when you came into this world. The first people you ever met, the first friends that you and I ever had were our parents. They took us in their arms. Uh, they held us in their arms. Uh, they cared for us. They kept us safe. Uh, they provided for us. Uh, and what they could not do, thank God our God could. Amen. And in the times that when mom and dad wasn't able to be there, the Lord was able to be there. Even if mom and dad failed, and I'm sure they did because we all have, uh, God never fails. Uh, God never makes a mistake. Uh, you say, well, my parents messed up here, and my parents messed up there. you got no right to blame your parents for anything. Uh, you say, well, they didn't do everything right. No, and you haven't neither. Amen? But you ought to thank God if you got a mom and dad. Uh, that's not a crutch, and that's not an excuse uh, for the way that you may have turned out. Uh, 
You're responsible for your own choices, your own actions, and your own decisions. Amen. And while I'm on the subject, you will not stand at the judgment seat and use your parents as an excuse for the sorry decisions that you make in life. He said, well, I didn't have a good mom. I didn't have a good dad. You know what the Bible said in Psalms 120, in Psalms chapter 27? When thy father and thy mother forsake thee, then the Lord shall take thee up. I'm telling you, if you're saved by the grace of God, I don't care if your father and mother walked out on you. God would never forsake you. He would never abandon you. You say, well, I was adopted or I was here and there growing up. Yes, but the providential hand of God was working and just as real. And look where you're sitting at this morning. You're without excuse this morning. Uh, the, the truth of the text is uh, God has placed people in our life uh, that were foundational friends uh, and foundational people that has helped us through this walk of life. We ought to thank God for them, shouldn't we? We ought to thank God for a dad that would go to work every day and provide and work a job. Come home sweaty and dirty. Not because he wanted to, not because he enjoyed it, but because he realized his responsibility and his role of manhood. And he was the breadwinner. And he put food on the table. And he put a roof over your head. You don't have to live in a mansion. You you may have not had a whole lot of things growing up, but he kept you from starving to death. Isn't that a blessing? I'm telling you, you might have ate spam all your life. Listen, you might have had to eat green beans all your life. You might have, you might have had to eat salmon patties. God help. I'd see that red can in the cabinet look like a can of dog food. Amen. We had it once a week. I mean, about all the meat we had was canned because it was cheap, you know. And I'll tell you, I'd see my mother, she'd pull the top off that can uh, and she'd slide that big old, uh, listen, it'd slide you. <laughs> I said, I'm fasting tonight. The only thing worse was the thorns and thistles. She put green beans and salmon patties together. (laughs) They didn't have to whip me on Thursday. That was punishment enough for any deed I had done throughout the day. But we didn't have a lot. But I tell you, they provided for us. I'm thankful for the food I had. I'm thankful. My mother, she always, don't y'all tell her this. She's not here, thank God, and she don't have podcasts. That's a blessing, too. She'd always put a Coca-Cola in the fridge, and she said, now, don't y'all drink my Coke. Big three-liter. Y'all remember the three-liter bottles? She'd put that Coke in there, three-liter. She said, I've got it marked. I know right where it is. Me and my brother, we weren't saved then. We were sinners, you know. We had no God conscious, so we'd come home. We'd pour us both a big old drink of, of Mother's Coke, and you know what we'd do? Then we'd fill it back up with water. <laughs> She'd come in there and she'd say, that three liters done went flat again. I said, well, Mom, you ought to buy Pepsi. You know how Coke is. <laughs> Be sure your sins will find you out. But I thank God for, for the people in my life. My dad wasn't saved. My mom wasn't saved. But there's so many things that I can thankful for, be thankful for a good work ethic. I'm glad they made me mow the yard. Push mowed on top of the house. 
I'm glad they made us work in the garden. Amen. I'm glad they said, no, you're not going down to their house and hanging out with them. Amen. I'm talking about not even saved. I'm glad they said, no, you're not watching that. Amen. I'm glad they had some some things in their life. I'm glad for, for a mother's touch. I'm glad for that tender touch and that, that compassionate word when it was uh, most needed. Amen. And these are people that God put in your life and, and we owe them a great deal of gratitude all the days of our life. I want to say when you think about the people... Where would we be without them? How could we have survived life without them? This morning, your parents don't know anything or know everything. That's what teenagers think. They don't know anything. They don't know everything, but they know more than you know. No matter how old they are, they still know more than you know. You say, well, my parents have forgotten a lot of things. They're older now and I'm older now. Yeah, but they've walked through avenues of life. That you and I have never trotted through. We all remember the people in this verse. You ought to, if your mom and dad's living, you ought to call them and say, I just want to tell you I love you. I want to thank you for putting up with me. You don't have to be a teenager to do that. I'm telling you, if they're still breathing, if they're still living, you ought to thank them for what they've done in your life. You don't remember the first kiss that your mother gave you. But I promise you, you'll remember the last. You don't remember the first words your dad ever spoke to you. You don't remember all the times that, that, he, that he tried to give advice and counsel. I don't remember all of those words, but I promise you I'll remember the last words they'll ever say to me. The people in this text. What about the principle in this text? Notice the Bible said, honor thy father and mother. The parents are to be honored by their children. Now they're not to be worshipped, but they ought to be honored. I think there's an unbalance on both sides. A lack of respect, disrespect is certainly wrong. But worship can be just as bad. Can I get a witness on that? I think as parents, we've got to remember, this is not the first commandment. There's an allegiance to God before there's an allegiance to us as parents. And I understand that if children are right with God, then they'll grow up and they'll obey their parents. They'll do what is right. That's what the Bible says. They'll, they'll, they'll do exactly as mom and dad would want them to do. But I'm talking about when they get older, when they get grown, and when they move out of the house. We ought not teach, uh, treat our children when they're 30 like they're 13. Can I get a witness on that? Now, they might act like it, but we ought not treat them that way. And if you're 30, you ought not act 13. Somebody say amen. Our children ought to be able to think for themselves when they become adults. and They ought to be able to function for themselves. They ought to be able to do for themselves. You say, well, I tell you, my boy's dumb and my daughter, she can't do nothing. Well, I'm going to tell you, that's not a poor reflection on them. That's a poor reflection on you. Amen? That doesn't mean they're sorry adults. That means you're a sorry parents. What that means, uh, y'all still with me out there, aren't you? I'm just simply saying this, uh, hey, that, that we ought to teach our children to honor us but not worship. I know some parents, they want their children to do everything they want them to do when they're 35 like they did when they was three. Now that's, listen, that's abnormal. Boy, I mean, I just hit a big stump. If you're not guilty, say amen. I want to tell you, I've seen it. It'll ruin their marriage. It'll warp their children. Amen. You know, the biggest thing as a parent is to learn when your children are grown is to learn not to say anything. To learn when to say something. To not get in their business. Don't make their business your business unless they ask for your advice. 
Now, if I see when I'm going to drive off a cliff, sure, I'd say something. If I see I'm doing something against the Word of God, sure, I would do. I would say something. But but we ought to treat them with respect. They they now are adults. They have their own life. They have their own family. They listen. It's now you say, well, I don't know what to do with myself now. Listen, you should have had a life before them, and and you ought to love them, and you ought to raise them. But as they get grown and as they get gone, you don't stop living. Somebody say, man, right there, you go on and live your life, and you let them live their life, and you teach them to honor you. You and you respect them. Amen. I've seen young adults who thought their parents could do no wrong, say no wrong, or never did no wrong. One of my daughters here today, she, I don't want her to testify, okay? <laughs> but I told them what was right from the Word of God. My wife told them what was right. But when both of them got married, before they got married, right before they got married, we told them what we did that was wrong. We told them three things. I don't know if they remember them or not. But I said there's three things that we did wrong as parents. That I want to tell you that if I had it to do over, and I did more than three things wrong. But there's three things. I said, don't ever do these things. You said, Brother Gravitz, you, you did, th- oh, I did a lot more than three. <laughs> I was just thanking God all I had to tell them was three. <laughs> but why would I send them out the door knowing that I'd made a mistake and let them make the same mistake? It's humbling as a parent, but it's needful. I did not want my kids to leave home and think that mom and dad did everything right because that's not true. That's damaging to not worried about my reputation. We're worried about the results. If I could salvage them from a mistake that I made, or if you could salvage your children from a mistake you made, why would you not tell them? I didn't tell them when they were 15. I didn't tell them when they were 17. But when they got ready to leave, I said, here's something you need to know. It'll help you if you don't go this way. How do we honor our father and mother? I want to say you honor them with your words. You never talk back to them. You never talk down to them. You honor them with your will. You obey them. And you say, well, I'm grown now. But you ought to walk in the ways of your parents if you have godly parents. I think that they ought to be, uh, they ought to be the strongest voice outside the voice of God that you hear if they walk with God. You ought to honor them. But you ought to never disgrace them. Honor them with your ways. Don't do things that disgrace your parents. Can I get an amen right there? R.G. Lee, that great preacher, the pastor there in Memphis, he said when he was a young man, he went to Panama, to, was leaving to go to Panama to, to work a job for college. He was going to raise enough money to go to college. And he said when he got ready to leave, he said his mother came up to him and said she put her arm on his shoulder and she looked him right in his eyes and she said, Bob... She said, where you're going? She said, you're going to be gone a long time. And she said, there's going to be a lot of temptation that you're going to have to face. And she said, when you come back from working, when before you go to college, she said, I'm going to put my hand on your shoulder and I'm going to look right in your eyes. And she said, I will know if you have lived disgracefully. R.G. Lee said that when he came back home, he said, before my mother could put her arm on my shoulder, he said, I put my arm on her shoulder. He said, I looked my mother right in her eyes and I said, Mom, 
He said, I want you to know I've lived clean and I've lived straight. I've not drank, I've not gambled. He said, I've not touched a woman. He said, I've lived right. That's how we're to live our life. Honor your parents. Don't make them sit up late at night. Don't put scars and don't put tears in their eyes that should have never been there. Don't live your life. Don't, don't, don't give them gray hairs and wrinkles because of sleepless nights of worrying about where you're at or what you're doing or what you may be going to do. Go to them. They have spent their life giving you assurance that you didn't have to worry about things in life that they have spent their days uh, making sure you were taken care of, making sure that your needs were supplied. You went to bed and pillowed your head every night not worrying about where your next meal was coming from. You've turned the light switch from the faucet on many times never worrying about if the water or the electricity would be there. Give them some assurance for a change. Go to them and say something like this, Mom, Dad, I want you to know that I'm going to live for God all the days of my life. I want you to know I'm going to marry in the will of God and that I believe that if God sends me the right mate, it'll meet God's approval and it'll meet your approval. Amen. I'm telling you, if you've got godly parents and they're in touch with God, you don't have to worry worry about them being pleased with who God sends you. If they're right with God, it'll please them and it'll please the Lord. I wouldn't marry somebody that my parents wouldn't approve of if they were right with God. Honor them with your witness. You see this, when you think about it, the responsibility is not only just on them to honor the parents, but for the parents to be honorable. This morning, as parents, we ought to teach our children to honor us. They're not actually going to know that. You look at society today, the reason society doesn't honor their parents is because it is a society that never taught their children to do so. The school system, the daycares, have taught children what they've wanted them to learn. They've taught them things like you can do what you want to. If it feels good and it pleases you, then do that. You can live free. You can, you can, you can make your own decisions. What lies spewed out of the bowels of hell? As parents, you want to raise honorable children, then there's two things. You have to teach them that. And you have to be honorable yourself. You say, preacher, how do you teach your children to, to honor you? By loving them. If you don't love your children, they're never going to honor you. We honor who we love, don't we? Regardless of what you think about the president. There's a lot of people that loves him right now. Amen. You think about it, the people that you love, they don't have to ask for your honor. You give it to them, don't you? You see that soldier in uniform, you may not know him, you may not know his name, but you love him because of his sacrifice, you love him because of his dedication, he's put his life on the line, he may have never seen battle, but he's willing to go to battle, and you honor him because you love him, because he loves this country, and you know that he loves you to an extent, because he's willing to give it up. Wait, listen, we, if you want your children to honor you, you have to love them by lifting them up. And I don't mean bragging on them and and, and I don't mean building pride in their life. Nothing wrong with, with, but I mean encouraging them. You know, bragging on them is building their ego up. But encouraging them, we say, well, what's the difference? It's taking this book and encouraging them. Paul didn't say, I can do all things. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. 
You ought to encourage your children. Don't be a, don't be a downer. Don't be a negative. Hey, listen, don't get, don't be a hypocrite. Don't get on to your children for having a bad, sorry attitude. And then you have a bad, sorry attitude. Their attitude may be a reflection of who they have to live with. If you want them to be positive, then you've got to be positive. Amen. And listen, you've got to have confidence in God. Encourage them. Don't be a negative Nelly. Don't be unpleasant to be around. That frown on their face may be a result of who they are living with. I believe what I'm preaching this morning because I've seen it as a pastor and I've seen it in this church. You hear me and hear me well this morning. You want to lose your children? You talk about other people in front of them. You make fun of people. I'm going to tell you, not just bad-mouthing people. You make fun of people in front of your children. You'll develop something in them that all... Listen, you'll never get it out of them. I've seen it. I've seen mothers talk about people in the church, talk about things in the church, make fun of people, laugh at people. That's called mocking. And their children never take anything serious in life. Lift them up. Listen to them. Hear what they have to say. Limit them. Tell them no. Don't be afraid to say no to your children. That ought to be your number one word. Amen. I used to say, Dad, can I? That's about as far as I'd get. Dad, can I? Nope. I said, well, you don't even know what. It doesn't matter what you're going to say. I already have your day planned out. You have nothing else on your schedule. Amen. Between mowing and hoeing, there ain't nothing left. Dad, can I, can I get, no, we, we'd go, we, we would go to the store and we would go over to the toy aisle, we'd see all this stuff. I said, let's go ask Dad if we can, and my brother, he was such a pessimist, more, he's more of a realist, I reckon. He's, we, he's not going to let us have it. When my parents said, I'm going to let you have it, you didn't want it. <laughs> I promise you that. It wasn't coming in a bow and pretty wrapping, I'm going to tell you. But you ought to tell them, don't give them everything for crying out loud. The average teenager today, they got more technology, uh, listen, than you and I had by the age of 35. And they ain't paid for none of it. They don't know how to handle it. Most adults can't handle it. They sure can't handle it. Amen. And they, and they don't have to have the best, amen. I'm just talking about limit them. Limit them when it comes to the other thing. Don't feel like you, hey, God didn't put you there to be their best friend. Somebody say, amen. I'm talking about if you want them to honor you, you better learn to tell them no. You better learn to limit some things. Give them some joys in life. Give them some things in life. Don't make their life miserable. But don't feel like, listen, you're not Santa Claus in their life. We're honoring every wish by learning them. Don't lecture your children, but learn them. Teach them. Nobody wants to hear a lecture. Can somebody say amen? Brother, I'm telling you, nobody wants to be lectured. He said, well, they need it. I just need it. I'm going to tell you, you, go on and on and on. I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to create so much bitterness that even the lesson you're trying to teach them will never be taught. They'll learn the lesson of endurance. Laugh with them. You ought to learn how to enjoy life. Teach your children how to enjoy life. Lead them. This means you don't ask them. You teach them. You tell them what they're going to do. You don't ask them where they want to go to church. You don't ask them if they want to go to Sunday school. You don't ask them if they want to go to prayer meeting. 
You don't ask them if they want to read their Bible. You don't ask them if we're going to have prayer, altar prayer. You don't ask them about tithing. You don't ask them. God didn't put you in their life so you could do a quiz, an interview, and get all kinds of information. They don't know. They're young people. They've not lived life long enough. And whether you believe it or not, they're starving to death for someone to tell them. Every happy young person I've ever seen had parents who told them what they were going to do. They told them how they were going to live life. Did they always enjoy that? No. But we don't either. But I'm glad I don't have a book full of questions. Amen? I've got a book full of answers, a, a book full of principles, a, a book full of precepts. And when I've got a question, my Heavenly Father, your Heavenly Father, He has the answer. Amen? He's not doing interviews. He's not taking a poll to see how I like what He's going to say. No. He just tells it like it is. It's for my good. It's for His glory. He's so much wiser than what I am. And if I listen to what He says, it'll help me. I want to say this morning, parents, the Bible says, provoke not your children under wrath. You know, I thought about that one. I was sitting there this week and I thought, how do you provoke a child to wrath? When a parent denies their child of their absolute needs, you provoke a child to wrath. When a parent acts like another child, when they well they don't act their age, you can provoke a child to wrath. When a parent is partial to one sibling, one child more than the other. They're more affectionate. They're more kind. You say, well, now them boys, but you know, I mean, I just, I whip them boys, but them girls. Have you ever heard somebody say that? I just can't whip them girls. You better whip them girls. Amen. Them boys will turn out to be devils, but them girls will turn out to be divas. You better whip them. I know that's not popular, but it's true this morning. You can't have partiality. Go back to the book of Genesis and see all the trouble. See all the mess of those patriotic families. How God, oh, listen, Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob, and what and Joseph. Oh, they were great families, but there was partiality that ran deep in those families. And you know what it did? It caused turmoil and bitterness and hatred amongst the siblings. You don't have a favorite. That'll provoke them to wrath. When parents discipline their children without a worthy cause. When they discipline in anger. If you whip your child because you're mad or when you're mad, you're doing great damage to your child. When parents do something that disgraced their child. Adultery can cause a child to be bitter, can provoke them to wrath. When dad is unfaithful in the home or when mom is unfaithful. When a parent lays a command or a demand on a child that they cannot perform. It provokes them to wrath. When parents fail to show genuine love, and then finally when parents lowers the standard of living in the home, you provoke your children to wrath. You know, there's an aged old, there's an aged old lie the devil tells God's children, and it's this. That if you have high standards, your children won't love you, and they won't live for God. But if you'll lower them standards... And if you'll make it easier for them, and if you'll make it more compatible and conformable to this world, your children will love you, and, and they'll, they, they'll think you're cool. They'll think you're great. And, and in the end, they'll, they'll wind up serving God. Can I tell you something about that? There's not one statistic where that ever happened. You can't name me one person 
where a parent just sold out to the world and lowered the standard and said, you know what? You can have some fun out there. You can do some things and, and you can live this way. And, 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 and But we're going to love love God and live for God. And that child loved them so much and, and loved God so much that they turned out right. Not one statistic of one person. When you see children that have grown up and they love God and they're living for God, I'll tell you, it's where mom and dad held the line. It's where they kept the principles intact. It's where they kept the precepts where they ought to be. It's where they were good examples and they balanced life and they loved them and they spent time with them. But they never backed up and their parents always knew where they stood. And they knew that there was no change in their mind because there was no change in God's mind. And those principles got so instilled in those children that it became real to them. And even in a heathen society, they looked at how the world was going. They looked at how they were raised. Uh, and they said, you know what? I'm not going that way. I was raised this way. And this is what the Bible says. Uh, this is what my parents taught me. And I'm going that way. That's what's right. You don't lower the standard of dress when they become teenagers. You hold it tight and you hold it right. You don't let them start listening to music in their back room. When they become teenagers. You don't let them, you don't say things like, well now you're older, you can start watching some things that we wouldn't let you watch when you were young. No, you don't lower. I read a story one day where it said a lady, she saw a bird building a nest in a bush that was real low to the ground and she went out and ran that bird off. Said the bird was so determined it kept coming back. Finally it built the nest, laid the eggs and the baby birds was hatched. And said it wasn't too long after that, said she heard that mother bird in distress. And a serpent had climbed up in that nest and devoured all them babies. You know why? Because she built her nest too low to the ground. And I want to tell you, I'm afraid in this society, even in our churches, that's what's happening. People are building their nest too low to the ground. Their standards are so low that no wonder their children go to the world let things in because of the pressure. I'm going to tell you something about pressure. Buck every bit of it. Can I get an amen? amen. It's five after twelve. I'm bucking it right now. <laughs> promise I only got thirty more minutes. We're done. I promise. Listen. You don't have to take a stand against this world. And the pressure doesn't come out there with some long-haired hippie. It comes from other parents and other people That'll tell you things are okay. Well, my kid does that. I think that's okay. You don't have to argue with them, but buck the, buck the system. You know, you're not giving account for them. But you have the attitude, well, we're just going to stick with what we know. We're going to stick with what that book says. I'm talking about God's honor system, the people, the principle, and then there's the promise this morning. Notice this promise. The promise in this text is this. Honor thy father and thy mother, that the days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Simple question this morning, simple math. Do you want to live a long life? Honor your parents. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 1 said, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace shall they add unto thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God. And man, this morning, say, preacher, I, I want my kids to live long on this earth. Teach them to honor you. 
live in a way that is honorable. Be the greatest influence in their life. Be the greatest example. Let them see both... Uh, uh, let them see both in you uh, a parent that's worthy to be honored, but let them see humility. Admit your mistakes, your faults, your failures. You don't have to tell them everything. Don't air out your dirty laundry, but you ought to be honest and forthright enough that they know they can trust you when you've done right and when you've done wrong. From zero to six, you ought to teach them very early to establish the rule of respect with mom and dad. Teach them respect the parent. Honor your mate and your child's presence. Say good things about your spouse. You know, a child will never honor a parent that's always being put down. I tell you, I've heard men talk about their wives, and I mean, they ought to be slapped. Can I get a witness? I mean, if I was that woman, I mean, I'd just, I'd put it on them so, I mean, they'd be hunting their teeth for the rest of their life. Any man that would talk bad about his wife, he ought to be beaten ahead. Is that right this morning? At least women, y'all say amen. And any woman that would talk bad about her husband, I don't think she ought to be beat up, but I mean, listen. <laughs> A woman that talked bad about her husband, I wouldn't want to try it, would you? <laughs> you say, well, you don't know this. No, I should never know that about no one should ever know the mistakes of your spouse. You ought to pray for them. You ought to out of love want to protect them. You want your children to honor, then honor that spouse. Lift them, help your children on, uh, help them make things that honor their parents. When they're little, teach them how to make things. Make a, you know, I remember one time, I remember one time making a "I love you" card for my mother. You remember doing that Valentine's. And that teacher in that class said, make a valentine to your mother. You know what they were teaching? Honor your parents. From 7 to 12, explain to your children how that you honor your parents. Love, respect, prayer, seeking their counsel. Even one day, you may have to take care of them physically. Avoid any put-downs. Teach them that. Don't ever let anybody talk bad about your mother. Don't ever let anybody talk bad about your daddy. From 13 on, you ought to be honest. Admit when you've blown it, as I've said. You'll remind them that they will reap what they sow, that one day they will have children of their own. And if they want their children to honor them, then they should honor their parents as well. Think about that this morning. You're going to have children one of these days. How you treat your parents is most likely what you will reap. Be honest. I want to say this morning as they come and get us a song ready. The devil fights more preaching on the home than anything I know of. You're not going to preach on the home and run the aisles. I know that. You won't believe the warfare when you start preaching on the home from the beginning to the end. But I'm here to tell you this morning. You say, Preacher, why would you preach these commandments? I'm going to tell you why I preach these commandments. I want our church after 2020, I don't want us to survive. I want us to thrive. I don't know what 2021 holds. 2020 could be a cakewalk compared to what we may face down the road. But regardless of what we face, you know what the burden in my heart is this morning? It's not that we have some great successful church. It's not that, that, that we meet all the goals and things that may be in, our, in my heart as a pastor. I'll tell you what, more than anything, and I mean this with all my heart, I want to see godly homes. 
I don't want to see one marriage in this church fail. I don't want to see one young person break their parents' heart and go astray. I don't want to see one couple fall apart in their golden years. I'll tell you, we need our homes this morning. It's not enough to survive. We need to be spiritual, don't we? And it begins with that honor system. As we stand this morning.